and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and you're listening to episode 112 of the Imagineer Podcast. I'm so excited about this episode. It's part one of a topic we're calling Simple Disney Moments. If you think about your trips to Walt Disney World or to Disneyland or any other Disney destination for that matter, we often want to pack in as much value into our vacations as possible. So we are just go, 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 trying to get from one attraction to the next, to our dining reservation, to our, you know, to a fireworks show, to a parade. We're just literally jumping around the park as quickly as possible and not really taking time to think about our vacation and to soak in the moments between us rushing from one attraction or one show or one item on our to-do list to the next. So this episode's going to be all about those simple Disney moments, those moments where we sort of stop and reflect and think about us being in Disney, those moments where it really does hit home that we're at the most magical place on earth. It's a really interesting discussion, and because of that, it went quite a long time in terms of us talking with one another. So this is going to be, as I mentioned, a two-part discussion, and today we're going to focus, of course, on part one. Before we jump into the episode, I, of course, want to thank our partner WDW Magazine who have sponsored this episode. They are the premier magazine focused on Walt Disney World. I am a subscriber and a contributor to this magazine and you can learn more and subscribe by clicking on the link in the show notes below or by heading to imagineerpodcast.com. Of course, at the end of the episode, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all your favorite social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So, grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer Podcast. Visiting the Disney parks, we often have a checklist we're running through every vacation or every trip. We have the thrill attractions to get to, that restaurant, that snack that we just have to make sure we hit on that list. And when we jump from one part of the park or resort to the next, we often miss what I call those simple moments where we're present and truly aware of our feelings and our state of being in Disney. And those are the moments that I tend to really love the most at Disney are those really, those very simple moments, which we are going to define and talk about in uh, just a couple of minutes. But before we do that, I wanted to introduce our guests for the episode today. And I wanted to first welcome back Lisa Denoto-Glasner from The Castle Run and from Core Memory Candles. Thank you so much for having me again. This is like this is our topic, Matt. I'm so excited for this conversation. <laughs> I, I'm so excited as well. We tested a quasi-similar version on Clubhouse 
month or so ago. It was, it was earlier this year, sometime in the spring, and it was a really enjoyable topic. I felt like it led to this concept for this episode, which is a slight tangent, but very much in the same uh, sort of world of uh, what we talked about being Zen moments. I think those simple moments for us uh, from our conversations are those moments that uh, we feel at peace and, and truly love being present at Disney. So this should be fun. Uh, and before we uh, before we get into uh, talking about what that means for all of us, I also want to introduce our new guest to this episode, who is Colin Kendall from Guide for WDW. So welcome to the show, Colin. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, my friend. It's always good to be able to have new opportunities and to talk to new people that think about Disney the same way that so many of us think about Disney. So it's always a bonus. I agree. I think the three of us are very much on the same wavelength because Colin, you and I first met, thanks to Lisa, uh, a few much. weeks ago. Yeah. And we did an Instagram live together. And I felt that was such a natural, easy conversation. And we were DMing on the side afterwards and before and talking about what we love about Disney. And I know for us, pretty much the three of us are probably going to have very similar answers, but uh, it's very, uh, we have very similar mindsets when it comes to those moments that we really love and enjoy at the parks that are beyond those typical attractions. And again, action steps or must do's that we have to make sure we get to on our Disney trips. But before we get into, uh, you know, again, how we define those simple moments, because you are a new Colin, I have to ask you my standard rapid fire questions because it gives Here the listener a little bit of a better idea <laughs> about you. These are very simple. There's no right or wrong answers. It's just uh, more about your Disney personality, I suppose. I want to start with your favorite Disney park. Uh, so I've, I've thought about this many times, actually, and it kind of fluctuates. But at the moment, it is still Epcot, despite everything that's going on at Epcot. <laughs> hey, Epcot has my heart. Uh, for sure. Um, it's one of those parks you can just sit there and enjoy just being there and having a good time. And you don't have to worry about the next attraction that you're going to go on. While there is great attractions, you don't really have to. I mean, it doesn't have to be the focus of your day. You can just stop in and enjoy it a little bit. I have to admit, Epcot, both present and past, has more simple moments that I enjoy than than thrill rides or or e-ticket attractions um so i I think we're gonna have a a big conversation (laughs) around that how about your favorite disney attraction so this one actually kind of shocks people typically for me it's the original test track um which again too shocking it's it's not one that a lot of people love or loved at one point but for me it's always been like it's one of those first things that i remember riding as a kid you can tell i'm I'm younger than most, um, but at the same time, it, it was something that always stuck with me. It was something that I always wanted to ride time and time again. It's one of the few things I would ride multiple times in a row if they'd let me. So that always ends up on the list. I, That's a lot of people. There's always that debate of, of old test track versus new, new test track, which could be an episode in itself, but I have a lot for of sure. nostalgia for the original test track. And I have totally. a lot of memories of waiting in those standby queues for two hours, the opening year and, Hearing it break down every few minutes <laughs> when it was, it and had the, a lot of the message that comes across. I've been <laughs> stuck on that ride more than about anything else. It has it had a lot of issues its opening year, but I'm glad it's it's it definitely found sure. its groove shortly That's thereafter. Sure. But uh, I remember waiting in that line. Uh, <laughs> going outside the park, just a couple more questions. How about your favorite Disney movie? Ooh, so I have a few, but honestly, if if I'm completely honest with myself, I really enjoy saving Mr. Banks just because the the Walt Disney connection on it is so prevalent, but it's also kind of distant. So like you see pieces of Walt, but it's not the focus of the story per se. Um, so that's always been 
very high on my list and I kind of tend towards the sentimental movies and you'll notice that for my list today. <laughs> that's, that's great. I mean, save Mr. Banks. I'll admit I've watched many times as well. And movie. it's hard as a Disney fan, not to watch that movie and cry right. at least twice. Exactly. So I, and of course uh, that's I never that stopped answer. me before crying about anything. <laughs> you can ask Lisa about that. <laughs> that's uh yeah, I, I think that just comes with the territory for that film. Right. And last question, favorite Disney character. Oh, See, I'm not as as weird as it sounds. I'm not a huge character fan. Like, like I love characters. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like have a favorite per se. For years when I was growing up, it was Stitch because it was like what kid of my generation didn't love Stitch. Um, but I don't know. I'd I'd have to go with something classic, either a Donald Duck or a Mickey Mouse or something that's gonna kind of stand the test of time. That's not really a fad movie or just a favorite of somebody. I think that's another reason we get along. I love the characters, but in the parks, I typically reserve character meet and greets for when i'm with family who want to meet the characters or if there's someone i haven't met before or if there's a quick queue and there's not a long wait for meeting a a particular character it's like i'll take that picture that's fine but it's not gonna be one i'm gonna seek out (laughs) yeah that's fair not to mention the uh special events at disney halloween party christmas party when you get to meet some more rare characters that's another great opportunity and run disney which is another category in itself if i'm running i'm on fire so (laughs) (laughs) i think uh of the three of us lisa is the most uh oh for sure veteran at uh she's tried to get me to run many times (laughs) hasn't happened yet (laughs) that's really that's fair. Um, well, Colin, thanks for entertaining my my rapid fire questions. And I definitely uh, enjoy your answers. And uh, there are different ones I haven't heard before, except Epcot. Epcot's the most common uh, answer I get to that question. Um, I must surround myself with Epcot people for some reason. <laughs> anyway, as we're talking about simple moments at Disney, I think it's important to kind of start at the beginning with what defines a simple moment. I know I was thinking back to when I came up with this general topic of, hey, let's talk about simple moments, I was trying to, in putting together my list, think about what that really means. And there were a few different ways I went with it, but I'm curious for either of you, and either one of you can jump in, um, what you saw as being a, a simple moment or how you defined or thought about it when creating your lists. So for me, it's more about just sort of the simple pleasures that kind of stop you in your tracks and it's funny because you, you mentioned the conversation that we had had Matt on clubhouse about Zen moments, and there's definitely some overlap there, but I found this list to be very different for me because it was, there's definitely some overlap, but like for me, those Zen moments are sort of like those special places in the park that make me be present. Right. Um, and while these simple pressures certainly make me feel present, it's sometimes it's not so much that as just taking a step back from all of the things that you know, living here, obviously, it's very different now. But even as a as a tourist, when I would come here, you know, the, the things that are kind of different from the thrill rides and the things that, you know, the, the all of the boxes that you're supposed to check when you're on vacation here, it's sort of setting all of those aside. Um, and and it's funny looking at my list, like and you had mentioned this too, Matt, which doesn't surprise me leading in. It's it, it's it's often the things that kind of catch you off guard from your plan and make you stop and appreciate that moment, whether it's because things got held up or something. And I'm not going to give any of my things away now. But, <laughs> I but, have uh, some similar ones there, by the way. But yeah, but it's, it's less about, to take like six there. Like. Yeah, I mean, there's some overlap, but it's, it's less about those Zen moments and more about the moments that kind of you didn't expect to love as much as you did because you thought you were supposed to be running to the next roller coaster. Um, but that wasn't really what the trip ended up being about. 
And right. so I think that'll kind of be a theme that we all revisit often. I'm, I, I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear, hear what you came up with. Colin, did you think about it in the, the same way or did you have a slightly different approach to this? Yeah, it was very similar, which is not surprising with Lisa. But <laughs> uh, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I have some things that are like specific moments on the list, but ha- probably over half of these are just simple items that people don't always take, they not necessarily take for granted, but they always kind of overlook at times or until you're there in the moment, you don't think about them as being something you'll remember quite a few years later, or the things that stand out to you the most. Um, because my, my whole thing with a lot of this in general, at least on this list and really me in general is that so many people go to the parks and like they have things that they enjoy doing, but it's not the attractions or any of the experiences or like any of the very specifics or like the things that Disney advertises that you remember years later. It's always the little things that you don't expect. So I kind of went that way with that list. There are some very specific like attraction oriented answers, but oftentimes they're tied to a story rather than just the attraction itself. Yeah, I I agree with both of you. I was this year in particular, I had been more into meditation, which is something that I always thought of doing and never really took the opportunity to do. And the active meditation helps you to be more present. And I think that was almost my approach to now thinking about this list is almost like a Disney meditation. What are those things that I love and appreciate in the moment, which could be a time where to Lisa's point were delayed or held up, or it could be a, a time where we intentionally stop and delay ourselves from the next step in our vacation to appreciate what we are experiencing or enjoying. And I find there are some things on my list that are appreciated individually. There are some things that are appreciated in a group. It all depends on the setting. But to not wait too much longer to actually get to any of these and to not uh, throw anything in the mix uh, before we get there, let's start our list. So I want to start with actually the newest guests. Um, we'll go in order from new get- newest guests to uh, to me being last. So Colin, we'll jump to you first. What's the first thing that you had? And it could go in a particular order or just throw one out there that uh, you wanted to so I'm going to work my way backwards just a little bit and go from a little more general to some that are very specific and some that may not surprise a whole lot of people. But that's fair. <laughs> um, the first one on my list is a little bit obscure. And I kind of did that by design because for me, and especially with today's news, well, this is coming out at a later date, but like the fireworks just got reannounced today. Yes. Um, so for me, one of the things is it's not necessarily the show. It's not necessarily anywhere you are. But for me, it's looking around at the people during a fireworks show. Because you, I probably just, judging by what Lisa just did, I probably just knocked something off her list. Yeah, <laughs> But um, for me, there's, there's so much value in that. And I had a feeling it was going to be on her list. I had a feeling it might be on your list too. But so many of us as Disney fans and connoisseurs of sorts doing what we do and enjoying what we do, it's often about who we're with, not necessarily about what's going on um, with these nighttime spectacular shows. I mean, even Disney's credit today when they reannounced it back, it's a picture of someone wearing a pair of mouse ears with fireworks going off in the background. I mean, there's that distinction intentionally because that's often the things that we remember. I mean, you look around and you see joy on people's faces. You see so much happiness around you. And it's in a way that you can't really get that anywhere else. And the story being told just, it moves people in unique ways. And 
especially when you see like the grown man on main street with his daughter on either in his arms or on his shoulders, unfortunately, hopefully not on his shoulders, but <laughs> we've all been there. Um, and you see that the grown man in tears because he's just having time of his life and he knows he's going to remember that for so long. And I mean, no matter who you are, when you look around, you can't help but love that moment. And it's simple, but it's so impactful. And it's kind of that I get it moment for so many people. I didn't have it formally on my list, but I did consider putting it on here. I was narrowing it down and did this one didn't end up making it on there. But there it's a perfect picture, Lisa. <laughs> so, I love that, too. I think as either locals or in my case, when I was a cast member at Disney, you know, as a local visit the parks, mm -hmm. I would at the beginning, it was all about watching at the time it was wishes or illuminations or Fantasmic and really appreciating the show itself. But after a while, you sort of get to know exactly every single part of the fireworks right. show or of the nighttime <laughs> spectacular, the exact sequencing of the fireworks, the shapes, the colors, the timing with the music, uh, the direction to look. And then at a certain point, it shifts to the reactions that you expect from those who are watching, guests seeing it for the first time in particular. And the, to your point, the tears strolling down someone's or streaming down someone's face, watching the show, even grown adults. Um, or there were times that I would, and I think this was a topic that that I mentioned with Lisa on our clubhouse, was there would be times where I would just to really focus on that instead of standing on Main Street or in the hub, I would take a spot on. Um, center street totally out of view mm -hmm. of the fireworks and look sideways in a way at those who are watching the fireworks and it was like reliving the show for the first time by seeing the simple joy i think is what comes out of that that sort of emotion that simple joy of seeing that for the first time and i think especially being which is very smart on walt's part as a businessman of having the show at the end of the day to keep people in the parks longer, um, which is sort of the original intention of it. But also, I think it hits that end of the day, you've had all these amazing experiences. And this is just sort of the icing on the cake, the great way to, to cap off the long day. So I, again, it wasn't on my list, but Colin, I, I had to uh, agree with you there. It had to be on somebody's list. <laughs> yeah. Lisa, was this on your list? Very much so. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, think, um, I mean, I, I I'll I'll take off. You know, pe people watching in general was was yeah. on my list, um, and I'll just kind of allow that to be you know subsumed by Colin's first first one, um, so that I can tick off one of mine. <laughs> All 27 um, of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I I just showed you guys a picture as Colin was talking that I had taken. Um, I took a million pictures that very last night um, that the parks closed back in March of last year. And the vast majority of the pictures that I took um, during Happily Ever After were of other people. And the pictures that I loved the most that I took that night were of a father with his daughter on his shoulders, um, sort of framed out in sil silhouette watching watching um happily ever after and you know like you said as frequent visitors i mean i can literally see the um you know the happily ever after fireworks out my my back window which is a huge part of why i was in tears when i found out the news today that they were coming back um but like you said i mean i know the timing of everything i know the smiley face fireworks and i know the the maui hook firework and on all, you know i i have it all timed based you know based on seeing it every night um so i don't need to watch them 
Um, what I what I love to do is watch other people watching them. And um, when the news came out today that the fireworks were coming back, um, not to date the show, but this is when we're recording it. Yep. Um, you know, I immediately obviously booked Magic Kingdom for July first, um, and now I'm I'm like stressed in my mind because I am going to be I'm planning to photograph the show, but I'm very much torn between how much I'm going to let myself just enjoy it and how much I want to be sure to be capturing other people's reactions to it. And I do, um, I do, I'm already struggling in my mind with that balance on that night. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think as frequent Disney visitors, one of the things that we, we get to enjoy the most, um, that might be more rare for other people is, you know, watching other people walk to do that turn on Main Street for the first time and and see the castle and the fireworks and all the things that they've been saving up for for their trip. I have done that many times. (laughs) Still do to this very day. Even traveling there less frequently, I still enjoy that, uh, especially on the attractions that I've done plenty of times. Um, Still love and appreciate, (laughs) but I, I get that struggle, that balance of do you photograph the experience or do you really sit there and and soak it in and enjoy it um but uh lisa being a local of course that is a lot easier for you, you to be able to decide which when to do that and yeah. <laughs> to have yeah. many opportunities first night to will be so. tough, but we'll see we'll see <laughs> so um other than people watching which is a, a general bucket lisa was anything you wanted to check off uh on the top of your list Oh yeah, no, that wasn't my. <laughs> okay, I, I, I didn't think so. I just wanted to, to make no, sure. <laughs> no, um, so I will. I will continue chronologically. Um, okay. From, from Collins um, fireworks, and I will say um, the end of the park night. Um, just just as like a, as a whole, yeah, um, and whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is that that means to you, whether it's you know illuminations, may it rest in peace, walking out world showcase, um, you know, as um, Tapestry of Nations and Promises playing, mm-hmm. um, or you know our our TBC resort and where we stay very often is is the boardwalk, and so as for me, a part of the end of the park night is you know when we're staying on property is walking out that you know that um, international gateway exit and kind of taking that sort of short stroll up the boardwalk and maybe stumbling on a street performer or um, the kids, you know, wanting a slice of pizza or some ice cream. And it's, it's just sort of that quiet unscheduled time at the end of the night. Um, that's always so special to us. Um, and when we came here, when we would come here on, you know, more traditional vacation and I had two small children as exhausting as these moments were like, I just have these memories and myself as a child too, of sitting on the monorail or the buses at the end of the night and it's so hot outside. And so there's like condensation all over the windows and it's like a little brisk and everybody's, it's like dead silent because everybody's exhausted and you've got like a <laughs> kid or two asleep on your lap or on top of you and like a double stroller leading up against you. And it's like those moments that were so exhausting and, you know, and, you know, at the time, but looking back, like those sweet moments of just like total quiet at the end of the day on the buses they're like dimly lit and there's like condensation on the glass and the AC is going. Um, and again, it's just those, those unscheduled moments that, you know, just seem inconvenient at the time, but like looking back, there's some of the most special memories that I have of, of our visits here when my kids were younger. And then you get back to the resort and they flip on the lights and everybody makes that noise. <laughs> <laughs> this, this wasn't that specific item is something that's on my list actually, because we would typically stay at, moderate resorts, Port Orleans, Riverside, uh, back then it was still called Dixie Landings. And then even after that, when we went, would stay at Port Orleans, Riverside, um, I've stayed at, you know, 
we would stay at like Old Key West, which is a Disney Vacation Club resort. But uh, we didn't typically stay on the monorail line or on, um, well, no, obviously not on the Skyliner because that was that was too too long ago. But we would stay at resorts where you'd have to take a bus if we weren't driving. And I remember those, and that's one of the items I had on my list was that bus ride back. And if you think about it anywhere else in the world you talk about a crowded bus that's where people are sleeping you know against the window or you know just like totally packed in um in the the freezing air conditioning and then you talk about the Colin to your point when they turn on that light when you get back to the resort it's always the same noise jarring experience (laughs) um and especially being going to the parks the way that we typically do on our vacations um especially if we are limited on time, we will be there rope drop to close. And so that exhaustion sitting in when you're finally, after that long day outside in the heat, you finally step into the AC and just the natural biological instinct is to fall asleep um, only to be awoken by that, by that light, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that bright light. There's not even a dimmer, just switch comes right on and it's the brightest light um but it is that not specifically that moment but the the to at least to your point that journey back to the resort is at the end of the day was what i had on my list for that simple moment and it also could be the monorail ride it could be if you're in your car it could be the drive back to your resort it could be the drive back to your home if you're a local but that moment of just being present and thinking about the day that you had had um, again, it's at the time I didn't realize how special it was, but now thinking back on moments like that, it is, those are some of the, the most, the simplest special moments on a vacation, um, to Disney is, is that ride back to the resort. Um, so that was, that was absolutely something that was on my list. I will continue it chronologically, um, and go beyond their trip back to the resort. But one of the things that my family always did was rather than jump straight back to the room, we would sit and enjoy the lobby for a bit. And this only really happened at the Lux resorts. There is some level of enjoyment at the moderate resorts, but, um, and actually now that I think about it, depending on the day, if we were staying at Port Orleans Riverside, we would stop and see Yeehaw Bob because he was usually still performing. And that was a simple moment I always enjoyed, but a lot of trips, um, I could almost actually, to be fair, talk about each lobby individually, but, um, and, and probably different times a day have, have different simple moments attached to them. But going back to where we would often go at the end of the day would be uh, Disney's Grand Floridian because it was my parents' favorite place to stop and be present. And we would sit in the lobby and at the time we would hear the Grand Floridian Society Orchestra playing at the end of the day or... Uh, the piano player playing in the lobby. But even if it wasn't, even if those live performances weren't happening, just to sit down in the lobby to, again, people watch and see everyone sort of going back to their hotel rooms, exhausted, excited um, by the day that they had just had, carrying bags of merchandise um, back to their rooms or, or carrying the stroller back to the room. And to hear the music, to smell the smell of the lobby, to um, sit in the air conditioning again, especially after a long, hot day in the parks, if it's in the warmer months of the year, 
it is one of those simple moments I still try to appreciate, um, again, sort of to, to lengthen the day beyond the park day before we just head back to the hotel and, and go right to sleep to get that moment of, again, almost meditation of just sitting and thinking about the day that we had had, um, and to decompress from, from all the excitement from the day. So that was again, continuing that, that continuum at the end of the day (laughs) from fireworks to transportation back to actually being at the resort. That was a, uh, at the very specifically at the end of the day, that was something I wanted to make sure to, to tackle on here. Um, but uh, yeah, at least it's funny you brought up the bus because that was absolutely something I had specifically on my list, the bus ride home at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> um, going back to, to Colin, um, I don't know if we can go chronologically beyond getting back to the resort, but you also could throw me a surprise here. But what did you have next up on your list? So ironically, I could go about three places with this. <laughs> <laughs> so so for me so much of what i do is photography oriented um it so i'm i'm there from park opening to well after park close most days um but one of the things that sticks out that any guest can enjoy is closing down any particular land in a park um for me that's a very kind of unique experience that a lot of people don't take the time to enjoy or or think that they can't um so if one for me that it really stands out in modern times is closing galaxy's edge um, because you hear things that you don't normally hear during the day when there's, when there's people all around you and things like that. And it's easy to do because of the cantina reservations. So if you get a cantina reservation, you get one right at park close or right after park close, which are possible. Sometimes um, you can say 45 minutes. Well, the park's been closed an hour. So once you do that, they basically walk you out of the land and you start to pick up on some subtleties that you would, you don't pick up on during the day. All the noises sound louder. All the experiences sound a little more, it, it sounds kind of strange, but they're almost like muted in a way, but the sounds are prevalent. So like you lose the crowds and you lose kind of the hustle and bustle, but you, you gain so much more that you don't always recognize. And they're, they let you do so slowly when they, they literally hand walk you out pretty much. <laughs> um, but it could be any any park, any destination, really, Disneyland, Disney World, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, any of them, um, just hanging out till after close. I mean, the views that you get to see and the subtle moments that you get to see from guests um, in particular are really unique. I mean, you might see a family walking out together telling stories to each other, and you may catch a photo of an empty area of the park that you've never seen empty before. Um, and Epcot's notorious for it. But in Galaxy's Edge, there's one particular thing I wanted to share, and it's that if you get there, like if they'll let you sit down on a bench for a minute. I was talking to a friend about this earlier today. There are things that you would never pick up on if you didn't sit on that bench. Like you'll hear something rustling up behind you in the grass. And it's only if you're in that one particular spot will you hear that. But if you're there, you notice it and then you're like, okay, where did that come from? <laughs> I'm looking around like you guys can see me, but, uh, but it is kind of a subtle reality. And it's something that for me stands out and is that something only Disney would do potentially. Uh, but it makes a big difference if, if you're used to not hanging out till close or you leave early or you have young kids. Um, maybe make some time to hang out a little longer, maybe show up to the park a little later and then just hang out, but, uh, well worth doing if you've never done it before, if you have the opportunity to do so. I love that you said that answer. Another one that I didn't have on my list, but I really love, and I have yet to do it at galaxy's edge, but that's great advice. And 
I always go with the same strategy. I think it's a mm-hmm. sort of um, repeat visitor strategy. If you want right. to see a land at the end of the <laughs> right. day, you yeah. pick the the last reservation. My favorite one to mm-hmm. do, which I wouldn't get to see Galaxy's Edge, is uh, for two reasons actually: is Sci-Fi Dine and Theater, because one, one, I do I, I like seeing Hollywood Studios at the end of the day, sort of walking out and, and mm-hmm. again appreciating that the music and the sounds, which might not be as layered as in Galaxy's Edge, but they are still, uh, it gives you that chance to really appreciate the the ambience of the park and all the details the Imagineers leave from those sounds and those sights and anything else that you might notice that you don't see as easily with crowds. The other reason I love doing that is because my favorite meal at Sci-Fi is dessert. So rather than so to go for dinner and desserts, we sort of save time and do maybe a quick service or another dining location for dinner and then just go specifically for really the milkshakes um milkshakes and the donut sundae yeah <laughs> go wrong yeah <laughs> any anything that's on on the dessert list there um is there a lens in particular Colin that is your favorite to see is it galaxy's edge if you were to pick one that is your favorite to see at the end of the day realistically i've spent the most time probably at epcot um just cuz the pavilions and all the countries that are represented i mean there's there are parts of them that you can you can sit back in there and you'll be the only person you see for 20 minutes or more towards the end of the night. Like the back of the Morocco pavilion, you can go back there and you can be the only person there. Yeah. And it's so unique in a subtle, in a very subtle way. You just pick up on stuff you wouldn't normally do. And um, for photography is excellent because you can just, you have no photos. You don't have to do any Photoshop. You don't have to do anything. You just take the picture. You enjoy the moment. Um, but yeah, it's typically something in Epcot world showcase, um, possibly France pavilion. That's another really good one. Um, but it's a little harder with the bakery back there now, but once it closes ends up with a really, really beautiful setting. Great, great advice. I agree about Epcot, by the way. Um, <laughs> that'd probably be actually, to be fair, anything you would have said, I probably would have agreed with. <laughs> exactly. I mean, how can you go wrong? You're closing down a Disney park, Like it's true as a cast member. I actually really did enjoy closing down Kilimanjaro safaris. That's something you will That's probably good. never see as a guest actually is actually closing the Savannah at the end of the day. Um, and it's, it's quite a sight to see, but Lisa, what do you, what do you want to go to next on your list? Um, so that was that was a great one. I've ticked a couple of things off. So <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, Lisa has the longest list, so it's natural. We're gonna we're gonna anyway, cross some things off as we go uh, through. Well, exactly. That's why I made it as long as I did because I made <laughs> the vast majority of our points. Um, so I'm gonna sort of cluster things again um, in the interest of getting everything out into the open. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna say the 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 the, um, the lead into and off of attractions. Um, and what I mean by that are cues and post-attraction um, interactive displays and, and um, yeah, areas. So, um, for example, you know, Disney's just so is so good at this, right? Because these are these are things that you're supposed to be inconvenienced by and annoyed by cues in particular. Um, but there are times when I actually prefer the cue to the attraction. <laughs> yes, um, I, I agree with you on that. For for example, like you know, don't don't come for me. But um, I, I think Peter Pan is great. It's a classic. It's a classic attraction. Um, got lots of love for it. Um, that being said, I, I normally, you know, as long as the queue tends to be for Peter Pan, I, if I'm giving someone advice for a trip here, I will generally say try to do the queue for Peter Pan. 
Um, you know, it, it, it is, can be long, just try to catch it at the beginning of the night or the end of the night. So you're not in that queue for an hour and a half. I understand you don't want to be doing that, but at the same time, um, the interactive elements of the queue for Peter Pan are to me, the whole attraction. Like there's nothing like coming through that queue when you're coming through the bedrooms and like Tink is kind of flying around and then not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't, hasn't done it before, but there's, there's an area where there's sort of shadows that interact with you. So you can kind of hold your hand up and butterfly shadows will land on the shadow of your hand, or you can ring bells or um, that kind of thing. There's, um, you know, there's a million, Peter Pan is the first one that comes to mind for me. Everybody has theirs, you know, Seven Doors Mind Train, of course, because it's such a long queue. They thought to make, you know, some great interactive elements while you're in there. Um, I think the, the Winnie the Pooh queue is fantastic. My kids have never been bored in that queue as long as, as long as we've waited in it. Um, you know, and to carry that to after the attraction. And again, this, to me, this was like, when I would be planning a trip here, um, these were like the elements that kind of would catch me off guard. Cause in my mind, I'm like, okay, we're riding spaceship earth. And then 15 minutes after that, we have blank to do. Well, that was all fine and good until we got off the attraction and my kids <laughs> threw my plans awry because you know, all they wanted to do was use the little like thing to push the light hockey pucks around or um, drive that little car or, you know, all the different things that they would, that they would love to do after the attraction, obviously coming off of imagination um, yeah. I can't wait till the, you know, those, I can't wait till these things are open again, obviously, because of what the world's been going through. Some of these sort of hands-on things haven't been open to us, but again, it's, you know, I've, I've grouped them together in this way because they still go with that theme of kind of like interrupting my plans in the best possible way, whether it's being stuck in a queue for longer than I had, you know, planned when I was making my schedule for Magic Kingdom for the day for my trip or, you know, catching me, uh, you know, off guard because, you know, we end up hanging out in the, you know, the after area of Spaceship Earth for much longer than I had planned. Um, it's just these sort of smart little elements that Disney adds to their attractions before and after um, that you may surprise yourself by enjoying that much more than the ride itself. Uh, again, uh, 100% agree with you. I There are, are definitely experiences that I recommend people walk through the queue. I hadn't thought about Peter Pan's flight, but that's a really good answer. I usually recommend for uh, thinking of FastPass existing, I would recommend, for instance, for um, Pandora that since people tend to not be willing to wait for Navi River Journey, and are willing to wait for a flight of passage that I say, well, do that, you know, do the fast pass for Navi river journey. The queue for fast pass to standby is identical, except standby is a lot longer where flight of passage, you miss a lot by taking the fast pass queue. So you might as well take that standby queue and, and appreciate all those little details that the Imagineers left, especially the lab. I mean, I, I want them to slow down in the lab because I won't be at the queue at that point because there's just so much to see and did literally a two-part episode about um, actually an entire episode just about the lab for Flight of Passage because of how much detail is in there. Uh, and then another one is is Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Um, I think the queue for that is probably even better than the attraction itself and in particular the boarding experience of of uh actually walking onto the Millennium Falcon and walking around is probably the coolest part there. Um, but I'm, <laughs> imagination is definitely one that has caught my family for a loop as well. We went on imagination as grown adults. I think the youngest person there was <laughs> probably at the time 25. Um, and we all stopped in the imagination um, pavilions 
post show and we're basically playing all the interactive games that were there. So it is, and I was, I, as much as I love and appreciate imagination, I love that experience even more than the ride itself. Um, and Mission Space is actually another example of a good one because I cannot do Mission Space no matter how hard I try. Same. And uh, <laughs> so I have spent many, many times uh, enjoying the advanced training lab. Um, and you have you have young kids who are not tall enough to ride and you have me. Um, who and is me. Just, <laughs> yeah, and Colin. You have me and Colin together in the advanced training lab. Exactly. <laughs> with, with young kids and their parents who are waiting with them. Um, for rider swap, and that's that's about it. But I, I agree, cues and post show experiences are are absolutely on on my list as well. Um, I am gonna go sticking with the attraction theme, and this might not be a popular opinion, or it could be one that you both have on your lists. And talking about delays, I love when attractions stop, um, and maybe not always. There are times that there's an exception to that. I think a good exception that I've personally experienced is specifically in Disneyland. I was once stopped for nine and a half, 10 minutes on the incline going back up the waterfall right by Jack Sparrow, who has a 45 second loop. And that 45 <laughs> second loop is in itself repetitive. It's basically three variations of a 15 second loop and they didn't turn off the audio. Um, so that that was a little much, I have to say. And that particular positioning, it, <laughs> um, those those uh, Pirates of the Caribbean boats are not meant to be reclined in. Um, so it literally had that the seat, the top of the seat in the middle of my back, which was not pleasant. So I'm going to I'm going to leave off those sort of moments. I think people don't always like getting stopped on. It's a small world in the final room, <laughs> which I, I can understand as well. You don't want to be stuck there. Um, there, there are obviously sections that this doesn't apply to, but the couple of attractions where this does happen a lot, and I always actually do enjoy it, are the Haunted Mansion and Spaceship Earth. Um, almost anywhere on the Haunted Mansion, <laughs> I, I like stopping. Although I have to admit, again, there, there are always exceptions to the rule. Um, I have been stopped by, by Madame Leota, whereas the rest of my party has been stopped by the clock um, <laughs> for two minutes and that's my maybe not as great of a view or <laughs> it's more like a hypnotizing moment than anything else but just about anywhere the ballroom on haunted mansion the graveyard of the haunted mansion any of the earlier scenes in the haunted mansion um the endless hallway the um the the moving busts like literally anything in the haunted mansion and the same thing with spaceship earth and i actually really enjoy uh spaceship earth in any sort of partially reclined position is actually really relaxing on spaceship earth. If you're going in the beginning, kind of up past the Greeks or the Phoenicians, or even, um, in the 20th century section, um, it's kind of a little bit of an incline or at the end as well. Um, and actually the end might be the most simple of all of the ones I mentioned because the landscape around you is pretty simple at that point and you just are appreciating the spaceship earth music in the background um so that you know that beautiful bruce broughton score but there are a lot of attractions that just when they stop um at any point especially omni movers um i'm also going to bucket in the way bucket in this by the way which could be a separate category tta people mover when that stops as well um there was a particular time that i stopped there 
at sunset and it was the one of the most i still have it's one of the most like gorgeous photos i have on my phone um of tomorrowland is just being there in sunset and stopped on the tta but um yeah those simple moments of yeah we're stopped on an attraction but it's a chance to just sit back for a minute and relax um i had to that was one of the things i put on my list which again maybe a popular opinion or it may be totally off base but uh i had that on my list no, that that one of those almost made my list, and I, I got stuck once in the attic at the haunted mansion. That was an amazing experience because eventually we ended up walking out of it. But it was oh, that's cool. Um, seeing some of the little details and some of that, and then being able to see the rest of the attraction back from there, being able to walk out of that was just just an amazing experience. <laughs> and you'd think it would ruin the magic, but it really doesn't. It's just it's just neat to see. Yeah, and again, it all it all very much depends on this the specific attraction and the location. There are Absolutely. definitely ones that are, um, I, it really can be hit or miss, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was easily on my list. I'm actually going to go backwards to keep things, uh, interesting and different. So I'm going to go back to Lisa, um, and then we'll get back to you, Colin, but Lisa, what's next up for you? Oh, you caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> I did it on purpose. So that's what no, I that's, do. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so I'm going to continue with, um, inconveniences <laughs> nice um, stay with that theme um and i'm gonna say um just rain on your vacation rain in the parks yeah um, that almost made my list it did not but it almost made my list um and you can set it into you know you can put it in any setting whether it's you know sort of forced you into a into a store that you've never been to before, whether you're sort of exploring Mitsukoshi because you needed to get in out of the rain or there's a particular that um, that enclosed area that has kind of an open roof and part of it in the Morocco um, pavilion where they have the fountain with all of the tile work and you can kind of hear the marketplace sounds. Um, I have been there so I don't know why it tends to rain while I'm there, but I always am thankful for it because it's one of my most favorite places to be because you get to sort of watch the storm come down through the open part of the roof while you kind of hang back. Um, and I, I love that pavilion so much, so much to begin with um, that I never mind being stuck there. Um, you know, and you see whether, you know, Magic Kingdom, you might see the rainy day cavalcade coming through. Um, you know, obviously the, the reflections on the, the water on the streets of, of Magic Kingdom in particular um, can be really, really gorgeous and just have some incredible um, some incredible pho photography um, opportunities connected to them. Those those gorgeous sort of castle reflected on Main Street shots are always are always great. Um, yeah, I think it just it just slows you down on your trip. It tends to force you into an area that you maybe didn't plan on visiting. Um, Disney being Disney, they you know they they have um, plenty of entertainment that's that's tailored to dealing with rainy situations. Um, yeah, and, and especially this time of year, it, it cuts the temperature by about 20 degrees when you come out of it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we know I all love my I love my smells. And so there's just there's a certain smell to Disney after the rain that um, I couldn't have filled my house with. If, if, okay, <laughs> if only if only they made a candle uh, to, to capture that <laughs> scent. Um, if only someone would do that, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I'm actually going to let that lead into one of mine. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on what I'm going to say for that. Cause that rain was not specifically an answer, but it does lead me into a thought there. Colin, is there a particular place that you like to be stopped in the rain? Um, Ooh, out, so other than out in the rain. 
So this is kind of funny because like I always get stuck in Hollywood studios. Well, <laughs> Hollywood studios, there's no good way to the front of the park without getting soaked. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. Every time it's, it's always sideways impossible. rain. Uh, it's, it's always the heaviest rain you could possibly get. And it's always just a nightmare. But at the same time, if you wait it out and the rain stops, the neon lights of the, uh, the main drag there is just absolutely incredible after it's rained, especially if there's not people on the street. If it's really late at night, I mean, the reflection of the pavement there and all of the neon is just spectacular. So that always ends up very, very high on my list. And it's a park that you don't always see at night as much as you would other parks. Like if that makes any sense, like I typically stay at magic kingdom. You want that like last magic kingdom main street shop, but a lot of people don't hang around at Hollywood studios as much, or they're back in like galaxy's edge or toy story land or something like that. But um, when you get back to the main drag, it's, it is well worth hanging out uh, just, just to see, even if it's not, even if it's not raining. Yeah, it is beautiful. At the end of the I, I was always thinking the park that, and this also could just be because when I worked at the park, it was, when it was truly a, a half day park that closed at sunset, mm-hmm. uh, Disney's animal kingdom was for a long time, the park that nobody saw at dark. Like I always yeah. wanted it to be open later just so I can have that. I still um, remember it, the first time I saw it after dark. Yeah. It's, it's a gorgeous park at night too. Um, but yeah, at, at Hollywood studios, it's, it's nearly impossible to get to the front of the park without getting drenched. Right. And even if you make it to the front of the park, it <laughs> is literally it impossible. To, yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get to the transportation <laughs> no, without getting drenched one way or another. Not a no. Um, but, uh, where do you want to go next, Colin? So I, I skipped you for the last round to go to you next. So you're, uh, but you're, you're up next now for, uh, for the next thing on your list. This is probably one of the simplest of the simple moments on my list, but it's also actually on the other coast, which may surprise some, because I'm not really a Disneyland person. Um, I love Disneyland, but I don't get out there very often. Yeah. Um, It's hard on the East coast to do that. Right. It is. There's no easy way to get there. Um, and for me, it was something that I kind of stumbled into by mistake, really. And I got there and I wasn't even staying at the hotel, but I, I got um, out to Disneyland for the first visit. And then the night before, I didn't have a park ticket. I didn't want to buy an extra park ticket for the three hours after my flight got there type thing. And so I just wandered downtown Disney, but also went ahead and explored the Grand California. And I was just wandering around the resort doing what like I do and taking pictures of everything. And... Um, I stumbled onto, I believe it's somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but like either a fourth or fifth floor, it's below, it's below the club level. There's a unique balcony that nobody really, at least it doesn't seem like many people know about. Um, and it overlooks not only the pool, but you can catch the top half of California adventure as well. Um, and it's a really, really neat space. There's like eight or 10 tables there. There's nobody ever there or one person at the very most. And you just overlook the park. And if you can catch a sunset from there, like I did, it's one of the most beautiful things you'll see on Cali- on the California side of things. Except it is a little more, um, not, not small per se, but just more condensed than Walt Disney World. So you, you see things differently from that perspective that you can't really have the same experience at Walt Disney World. Um, there's a parallel in like Contemporaries Balcony or something like that, but the, the quaintness of it is so unique. And that resort as a whole is just absolutely spectacular. But it's so simple. Like I sat there for like an hour and a half because I didn't have anything to do. I was a little jet lag. So it was like, I'm going to try to make it out for the end of the night. Um, so I don't get back backlogged on sleep. But if you need a little space or explore and just kind of step away for a moment, it's one of the very best places to do so. And when you come back inside, you get to hear the sights and sounds of everything that that resort holds. And it has very much a wilderness lodge feel to it. Um, 
but it's definitely something I'd recommend if people have never tried it before and never even known it was there. Um, I got lucky and stumbled into it. I thought you were going to go a little bit of a different direction. I have a photo of I, uh, amazingly similar, similar situation arriving the first day at Disneyland, not having a, an annual pass because I don't go nearly mm-hmm. often Same. enough to justify that. Um, typically traveling from east to west, you could theoretically get there pretty early in the morning, but by the time you get out of the airport and make yeah. your way to Anaheim one way or another and check into the hotel, it's at least the, the half, timeline's second difficult. half of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't work out very well. Um, <clears throat> so I, the same thing, went to Grand Californian and there was a spot also on the fourth or fifth floor, but it overlooks the lobby. And so that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking you might, I uh, the spot. <laughs> you might go with. Um, but yeah, overlooking the lobby. And then I had the last trip was during the holidays. So seeing the, the tree Ooh. and they had a piano player also in the lobby playing combination of Christmas songs and, and Disney songs. It was uh, one of those simple moments. Um, I think any... Any of the resorts, Wilderness Lodge, Animal Kingdom Lodge, Contemporary, anything we can sort of be at a higher point and looking down into the lobby or out into the uh, landscape around you is uh, definitely one of those simple moments that, again, we sort of similar to what I talked about earlier with the Grand Floridian Lobby, we just sort of sit here and um, and appreciate uh, the view. So I love that you said Grand California, though, and, and threw some love to the to the West Coast because that doesn't had to happen nearly enough. There's on so the many show. things out there I could have picked, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Absolutely. Um, I want to go back to the rain because there's a particular spot in Epcot that I run to if it rains, and that's the land um, mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, it's my favorite pavilion in Future World and probably in, in Epcot. But also because there is a lot to do in the land pavilion that I don't think a lot of people even realize between if you need to go like, and I'm talking about if it's going to rain for two or three hours, this is where I go um, between sunshine seasons, pavilion, uh, pavilion, sunshine seasons, uh, counter service that you can get in the first level, um, living with the lands, awesome planet and Soren, you can easily spend two to three hours in that pavilion. And there's restrooms inside the pavilion as well. So you don't have to even go outside, which you have to do with other pavilions. So it's literally, you can spend a, a lot of time in, in the land pavilion and keep yourself hungry, rested, um, you know, nourished and entertained. So it's, it's the perfect place. But what I would often do, which leads into my item here, is to, um, for me, it was the simple moment was actually dining in sunshine seasons. And I think part of it has to do with the music. And I have a tangential answer, answer, which is Satuli Canteen. Both of those places, I like to spend more time in those counter service locations. And I think in most others, um, to be fair, there are other times that even at, we could be at Backlot Express and I'll spend an extra 30 minutes there just, just sitting and relaxing. Um, but it's the simplicity of enjoying the food options at Disney sunshine seasons has some of the most, I think vast menu options of, of the counter services at Disney. So that's another reason, at least at the parks. Um, so that was another reason I really always enjoyed sitting there and then hearing the, the land interior music loop, which is one of the top music loops I have playing. If I'm working on literally anything at home, um, I could even be out in my car and there's a good chance that the land pavilion loop is, is on in my car as I'm, I'm driving around, but that happened a lot to me. Um, which is why it came up in the top of my, my memory, especially when I was a cast member, I would often 
go to Epcot, and if not dining in World Showcase, if I was sort of sticking to Future World, I would go to the Land Pavilion, sit in Sunshine Seasons, and just people watch again, um, but enjoy that ambience of the land itself, which I have shared before is the pavilion that not only is my earliest Disney memory, but my earliest memory in life is being in the land pavilion. Um, just sort of snapshots um, from my memory of, of being in the land pavilion when it was still its baby blue color and had the fountain in the middle. And uh, it was it was slightly different, uh, slightly different look and feel, but still very much the same spirit that it holds today. So I had to make sure that was on here as well. Um, we're going to switch orders again. We're going to go back to Colin and <laughs> we'll, oh, maybe no. we'll stick with this for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. Or um, I'll just take four in a row and then, and then go there to you guys. Go. There you go. Just knock uh, out the list. <laughs> uh, but Colin, what do you have next? So I'm trying to figure out which way I want to go with this because there, there could be two very vastly different ones, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to stick with this one for now. Um, and Lisa may not like me for this, but so for me, one of the best things you can do in Walt Disney World is take a trip outside of the parks. And with that, we close out episode 112 of the Imagineer podcast. I hope you enjoyed part one of our discussion. You won't have to wait much longer. Part two is going to be in just one week where we're going to round out the rest of our conversation about our favorite simple Disney moments. I hope this also gave you a little bit of some insight into what Lisa, Colin, and I consider to be those simple Disney pleasures when we visit Walt Disney World or even Disneyland. And I, of course, want to turn this conversation over to you and hear which of the simple moments we discussed you also find to be a moment that you enjoy on your Disney vacations. You can send me your answers and feedback, as always, in so many different ways. You can reach out on social media and send me a message or post about it to your feed or to your stories or to a video, whatever you would prefer. You can find Imagineer Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Imagineer Podcast, on Twitter at Imagineer News, and you can also join, and I encourage you to join, our Facebook group, which is called The Imagination. It's also called The Imagineer Podcast Disney Fan Community. That way you can chat about this subject with me and with other members of this listener community. And you can also, of course, chat about all other things related to all things Disney in that group as well. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, or any other podcast app. And that will ensure that you are the first to know when new podcast episodes become available. And if you have a few seconds to leave us a rating and a review in the Apple Podcast Store in particular, that does so much to help our community out, helps our community to continue to grow, and also helps us to become more relevant in Apple Podcasts, which is so useful in case anyone is searching for Disney or Imagineering or anything related to this show, that they'll more easily find it um, in one of the first podcasts to show up. So Apple Podcast reviews really do go a long way. And thanks to all of you who have helped us to maintain a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. I sincerely appreciate it. Of course, if there's anything I can do to make this show 
better for you. If you have any feedback for ideas or ways that we can continue to build upon this community, or perhaps if there's an episode, a topic that you would like to hear that we haven't discussed yet, you can also send me, with not a direct message, an email, which my email address is matt at imagineerpodcast.com. And Matt is spelled with two T's, so that's M-A-T-T at imagineerpodcast.com. The best thing you could do for the show is very, very simple, and that's to hit that share button, whether you share out this episode or the podcast as a whole, or even your favorite post on social media. If you share it to your social media profiles, share it out in an email or talk with your friends about Imagineer Podcast. Wow, email's kind of outdated now, isn't it? But if you want to share the word about Imagineer Podcast, that goes a long way to help this community out. And I, of course, encourage you to do so to help to let others know that this community exists, especially friends and family who love all things Disney. And if you would like to take your love of Imagineer Podcast to the next level, definitely check out our Patreon group, which is over at patreon.com slash Imagineer Podcast. And I have a link to that location in the show notes of this episode, as well as on our website, imagineerpodcast.com. Patreon is a way you can help to support the show financially and in return get perks, benefits, and rewards. And I mean things like early access to every podcast episode, along with my podcast production notes, bonus podcast episodes just for Patreon members. You can get access to our private Facebook group, my close friends list on Instagram, where you'll get some bonus Instagram content. You can also get monthly video calls. There's so much to unlock, and it all depends on what level of membership you would like to join. Every level of membership, though, does get some sort of perk, benefit, and reward in return. And you can also see what is currently available because these terms and conditions and the specific perks are subject to change depending on when you're listening to this podcast episode simply by heading to patreon.com slash Podcast. And thank you so much, as always, to all of those Patreon members out there who are listening. You truly do make such a big difference and are the heart and soul of Imagineer Podcast, so I sincerely am so grateful for all of you. Also, be sure to check out our partners. Definitely take a look at thekingdominsider.com in case you are interested in the latest news about all things Disney or even how to bring the magic of Disney into your own home. They do such a great job reporting the latest news and providing some tips and tricks for making the most of your next Disney vacation. So you can visit them at thekingdominsider.com and The Kingdom Insider on your favorite social media channel. And the next time you're ready to book a vacation to any Disney destination, whether that be Walt Disney World or Disneyland, Aulani, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, or any other Disney destination, take a look at our travel partner, Mickey Vacations by Academy Travel. They are a diamond deer marked industry. I know I say this week after week, but that is the highest level of distinction that Disney awards travel agencies, which is a big deal because there are a lot of Disney travel agencies out there, and they can really help to alleviate the stress and the guesswork of planning out your next Disney vacation. They can provide you with even some discounts because they are aware of all the discounts that are currently available that might apply to your vacation. So they can help to save you a little bit of money, perhaps on your next Disney vacation. And the best part of all of this is that it comes at no additional charge to you, which is such a great perk. You can request a free quote from them by clicking on the travel links in the description of this podcast episode, or again, head to imagineerpodcast.com. That's sort of your source for all things Imagineer Podcast. Click on the travel drop down and select your destination. Once you fill out that form, they will get back to you as soon as they can with that free quote for your next Disney vacation. Last but not least, remember, as always, to go after your hopes and dreams and goals, whatever they might be, to bring those dreams into reality and to take those first steps today, which are often the hardest steps, 
to making that dream come true. And remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Horizons. If you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer podcast. Transfers and return service are available. Thank you for flying with us.